Good afternoon. Welcome to the Econews Report. I'm your host this week, Annie Maher, Programs Coordinator at the North Coast Environmental Center. Co-hosting today is Larry Glass, Executive Director of the North Coast Environmental Center. The Econews Report is an exclusive feature of KHSU, brought to you by the North Coast Environmental Center, publisher of our regional environmental newspaper, Econews. Don't forget you can find this show and other KHSU public affairs shows on the audio archives page at khsu.org. So today our guests are John Friedenbaugh, General Manager for the Humboldt Bay Municipal Water District and Sherry Wu, who serves on the Board of Directors, correct? That is right. Yeah. Thank you both for being on the Econews Report today. Thanks for having us. So a little background. We'll be discussing property on the Mad River near Glendale owned by Mercer Fraser, the engineering and construction company. Mercer Fraser has proposed to rezone their property to heavy industrial use. This would allow Mercer Fraser to construct a 5,000-square-foot cannabis extraction facility along the river and potentially many other uses. This project could impact the drinking water for 88,000 people. This site is in the 100-year flood zone and is a critical habitat for coho salmon and is, is close to a popular public park. In a surprise move, the Planning Commission approved this proposal back in January and it has now been appealed by the Humble Bay Municipal Water District. It is now up to the county supervisors to decide at their meeting, most likely at their upcoming meeting. Sometime Sometime. in March. (laughs) Yeah, March, most likely. Well, why don't you start out telling us what your role is with the Water District? Okay, I'll start. I'm president of the Board of Directors. And the board, like many boards in the the county and all over, we set policy. And, you know, we don't run, don't do the operations, the day-to-day. That's what our general manager and staff are for. But we do set policy. And so this is an important issue for us. Mm -hmm. What about you, John? I'm the general manager of the district, and as Sherry said, the board sets the policy, and I implement the policies and run the day-to-day operations for the water district through our staff. And what are some of those duties that the Humboldt Municipal Water District takes on? Well, the Humboldt Bay Municipal Water District supplies the source water to seven municipalities in and around Humboldt Bay, three cities and four municipal community service districts. And the total population that those seven municipalities serve is approximately 88,000 people, which is approximately two-thirds of the population of Humboldt County. So a pretty big chunk. Very large responsibility. So... Let's talk a little bit about this project. Where exactly is the Mercer Fraser property in relationship to the Humboldt Bay Municipal Water District's wells? Well, our source water is from the groundwater aquifer under the Mad River, generally in the Essex area. So if you go either on the Arcata side or the Blue Lake side, it's right in that general area. This property is located at 90 Glendale Drive, So if you take that Glendale exit, you can find the property. And it's a piece of property that's wedged in between two of our collector wells on the river. We have four of those that supply the raw water to those seven municipalities. And this property is located between our well number two and three. And just downstream, about 1,600 feet, is well number one. And why is that an issue for our water supply, the property being so close to those wells? Well, any kind of contamination issue that would originate from that property potentially could enter into well number one, two, or three and potentially contaminate the aquifer where all of the water is from. 
which is why the Water District has publicly stated this project could impair drinking water for two-thirds of Humboldt County. That's right? correct. Right. Yeah. So just to be clear, the current operation that's there now, the gravel extraction operation, that hasn't posed any problems for the Water District? That's correct. That gravel operation has been in existence, I believe, since the 20s. And our Water District was formed in the 50s. And so they were an existing operation. Our district did originally try to purchase that property from Mercer Fraser just to avoid any conflicts in the future. And at that time, they were not interested in selling the property. So this project allows for the use of volatile toxic solvents to produce various cannabis products. What sorts of chemicals would be of particular concern? Yeah, that were listed in the original permit for operation that was considered at the Planning Commission back in January were heptane listed as known carcinogens. So we were very concerned to see those on the original permit application. And is the concern leakage into the, into the river? Well, there's several concerns. There was no specific environmental impact report done on the proposed new activities. And so none of the issues of transporting those chemicals to the property, use and storage of those chemicals on the property, any kind of disposal of those chemicals from the property were not addressed. So those were some of our initial concerns. And it's been kind of a process getting to where we are now with this appeal and what's coming up with the Board of Supervisors. So for some of our listeners who might have lost track along the way, would you mind breaking down what has the rezoning process been so far for this project? I'm going to let John take that okay. one because it is. It's <laughs> yeah. a, it has, there's been many steps and I think there has been some, maybe it's not even misinformation, it's just old information yeah. because this has been evolving. So mm-hmm. John, you want to take that one? Yeah, I can answer that the best I can. And we did come into this process late in the game. We were just notified of this project in January and the, the planning commission hearing was in January. So we're, we're kind of after the fact here coming in. But it's my understanding that there was a change in the general plan at the county level that re-designated the, the uh, and I don't even remember the term. The land the, use designation. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Land, thanks, Sherry. Mm-hmm. Land use designation for this parcel from ag to heavy industrial. Okay. Or, or industrial related to IR, I think it was the planning use designation. So by changing that in the general plan, that opens the door for increased industrial activities at the property above what's currently there. And so that that's, opens the door for the current cannabis facility and other potential uses that qualify under that zoning designation. That's the primary concern by our board is opening the door to the existing proposed facility and who knows what in the future. Yeah, what type of project would that would that include heavy industrial? What is that type of zoning usually? Well, I'm also mm-hmm. uh, that's a, that's a better question really for the planning department director. At, at your meeting, you had John Ford right. uh, give quite a lengthy <laughs> explanation of that, which I'm not sure I completely grasp everything he was saying, but he talked about the Q zoning overlay that would affect this as well. Which so it's not just straight heavy industrial. Apparently, there's some qualifiers from the Q zoning that that then limit what all can happen on heavy industrial. But 
I never heard a real clear answer as to what actually could transpire there. Right, and and our our concern of our board and and position for our district has been, um, given the location of this property, it's right on top, literally, of two of our collector wells, and just upstream from another. And so that's three-fourths of our intake operations. It's just not the right place in the county for this type of operation or any other heavy industrial operation. We don't think the risk warrants opening that door when you could potentially contaminate the water source for so many people in Humboldt County. So the Planning Commission approved the rezoning, and then what was the next step after that? Yeah, so... Well, they actually... Approve the. Let me get this right. The the permit. The permit. The okay. permit. They. It's up to the board of supervisors to approve the rezoning. The planning commission makes a recommendation. So they've made a recommendation. Now, because you've appealed it, the board of supervisors will come in. Well, there's two things. There's the rezoning, and then there's the permit. Mm-hmm. And so the the permit is moot. If if it, if the property doesn't get rezoned, the permit is just right. a moot point. Right, and so so we can, we can't appeal the. It's my understanding we can't appeal the zoning until it, it it's going to be. It was a recommendation by the planning commission for the rezoning to continue. The board of supervisors actually makes that determination. The permit for the cannabis operation is contingent on the zoning change, and but because the planning commission approved that permit we can appeal that approval. And that's what our district has done, is we've applied for an appeal to the Planning Commission's decision on granting the permit for the cannabis manufacturing facility. Jen Call from Humble Baykeeper mentioned this to us just before we came over here, and she was wondering, you have a habitat conservation plan, I do believe. We do. Seems like this would have a big impact on that plan. Well, kind of like we've said, and, you know, one of the things we've been saying is that there was no environmental impact report done on this particular parcel to be rezoned and or on this particular use permit. So I, I agree with you <laughs> that the HC, well, there's a number of things. As an agency, I think we should have been a referral agency And for us to find out about this project really just kind of weeks before it was going to the planning commission, that didn't make us have a lot of faith that or or confidence that the procedural things that have to happen for noticing that, that we could rely on it. How did you, how did the agency find out about the project? Were were you officially notified or did you just hear about it and reach out? I think John can. Well, there were a couple avenues where we got notified. I received a phone call from Supervisor Rex Bone on the 2nd of January, and he mentioned to me that there was, Mercer Frazier was considering developing the parcel at a project and they were going to use the existing drinking water well that they had on the parcel for their water source. And he wanted to know if that would impact our operations. And so I asked how many gallons a day they were planning to use. 
and he told me 240 gallons, and I asked our operations if they felt that would impact our intake in any way, and they said no, 240 gallons is you know, Was it minimal. gallons per day? Or? Yeah, gallons uh-huh. per day. <laughs> we, we, we pump anywhere from 7 to 10 million gallons a day, right. so in comparison, it was, it was nominal. And so I informed Supervisor Bone that it didn't appear that there would be any issues from our district. And then in the newspaper, in the public notice section, there was the notice for the planning commission hearing about this project. And that's when the solvent heptane came to light. And that was very different than, you know, what was explained to me over the phone. And interestingly, during the planning commission hearing, a representative from Mercer Fraser stated that they were going to use that well, or or currently use that well, up to fifteen thousand gallons per day. So that was very different than the two hundred forty. So, as we said, we've come in late in the process. Maybe these you know facts could have been flushed out earlier with communicating with the district early on in this process, and and so we hope going forward that that will in fact be the case. Well, yeah, we would hope that. I think it's typical for the planning department to notify anybody within three hundred feet of some kind of zone change like that. So you didn't even, you didn't get that notice either. No, so. no, we actually did go back and look and then when we I think we in our special district special meeting we asked John for that and and no the county planning has no record that they contacted us yeah well I I heard that at the time I just wanted to make sure that nothing had come to light since then but that that does seem like a gross error on the county's part so you mentioned that this type of project should should not occur on on uh, the location that it's currently being proposed on. Why do you think they're focusing on this part of the Mad River? That's a question for for them, really. Mm-hmm. I can't answer that for them. It's a piece of property that they own, so you know they they want to use their properties to the maximum extent possible. But being in the floodplain, proximity to our intake, the lack of the EIR report. You mentioned the HCP earlier. There's critical habitat and species in the Mad River that are addressed in our HCP. We have that for the operations that we do in and around the river, and other people need to be aware of that. Are there other major concerns besides the the types of chemicals being used? Are there any concerns with water quality besides the chemical usage? Really, it's just the chemical usage and then opening the door to, you know, it's taken approximately 60 years we've been in existence, the Water District, and and Mercer Fraser has been a very nice neighbor to have there, haven't been any issues. Now that cannabis is, you know, in the forefront as a major, more legalized industry in California, this new manufacturing facility is is being proposed there. We're concerned that maybe in 20 or 30 years, there's some other industry that comes in and, and becomes the one of Vogue, and, and you know that could potentially pose concerns for us in the future, and we just don't want to take that risk right there. There are numerous other heavy industrial sites throughout Humboldt County where this type of facility can go in very easily, doesn't require zoning change, would not be in the proximity of the source water intake for our water district. And so we don't understand really why this parcel was chosen. Yeah, one of the things that has been brought up at other meetings, Eureka 
City Council has heard this, as has Arcata, as has McKinleyville CSD. And tomorrow night will be Humboldt Community Services District and City of Blue Lake. So, you know, we've gone to a number of meetings, and one of the things that comes up frequently is, well, you know, there are engineered mitigations that that can be done for a, a project like this. And, you know, one of the things that know that I'm feeling is I am an engineer and the reason that we have environmental engineering cleanups and remediation and compliance and you know the reason that there is a pretty big business in cleanup is because even though we have all the best intentions and we have operations plans and we have monitoring human error happens and it again you know we feel it's just too great of a risk for our for our drinking water, right, and mechanical air errors happen as well. <laughs> Pipes can burst, machines malfunction, and things leak. You know that's. Yes. I just want to clarify something for our listeners. We're actually recording this on Monday afternoon, so the meeting she's oh, referring to you. will have already happened by the time this airs. But yeah, that is important to know. Not to I don't want people showing up on Friday <laughs> evening. <laughs> right, and you guys had your own public hearing, right, about this issue. Well, we, our board had a special meeting mm-hmm. following the planning commissions. What was some meeting. of the input you got at that? Oh, we got quite a bit of input. There was, you know, our, our board meetings are usually kind of sleepy. You know, we talk about pipes and valves and whatnot. Other exciting things. Yes, exciting to us very much so. <laughs> but no, the boardroom was full. And some of the issues we heard, we've already talked about the Endangered Species Act issues. People just being very concerned and voicing that the the risk, having having the community shoulder the risk of a single applicant just didn't seem right. Otherwise, the, the Mad River is a, a pretty clean source for you guys. You, you don't run into other issues? No, we, we don't have to purify the water in any way except for during the winter when the turbidity increases because of heavy rain and the sediment that flows down the river. That's the only thing that we do to treat the water, and that's only during the six months of the wet season, November 1st, basically, to May 31st. And that, again, depends on the condition of the river. Right now, we're in a dry spell, and so there's very low turbidity. And during the summer months, we do no purification, just disinfection. Right. So that's an important baseline there that it's a valuable resource, that water that you don't have to treat other right. than, like mm-hmm. you said, during times of turbidity. So that's a reason for the community to be concerned. We've certainly at the North Coast Environmental Center gotten more input on this than any topic we've gotten involved in in quite some time because it is people's drinking water for a huge part of the the county. With the cannabis industry and the legalization of cannabis, do you feel like this will be a a rising issue in the coming years with heavy industrial use on, on near drinking water or in our watersheds? I hope not. Um, (laughs) There's not that many parcels in the Mad River watershed that are zoned or heavy industrial or designated industrial related in the general plan. There are a few upstream that we're concerned about and we've been watching for a number of years. 
and just adding more in the watershed and the potential cumulative effect of that is extremely important to our district. So as I, as I mentioned, there are many, many heavy industrial sites throughout Humboldt County where those activities can occur that have supplied water through the municipalities that even we serve. So they would get clean water for any of those operations and, and be at the other end of the distribution line, not at the source. So for our listeners also that doesn't involve the water district is a application by Mercer Fraser on just on the Trinity River by Willow Creek by the Big Rock Day Use public facility and that's another cannabis extraction facility and then I've also heard that they're looking at one on the Van Dusen River another gravel extraction facility they have on the Van Dusen by the Trinity County line in Humboldt. So this is something that that Mercer Fraser seems to be wanting to jump into. And all of these are right next to water sources, you know. Swimming holes and... Yeah, not so much the Van Dusen, but still the, the Trinity, it's definitely, that's a public area there. And the tribe has concerns about that use there as well. So it's you're not alone with being concerned with these uses right next to a water course like that. Yeah. So the next step is for the vote to go to the county supervisors, which, as you said, could be coming up early March. Perhaps. Right. Our appeal from the Planning Commission goes to the Board of Supervisors for them to hear, and the zoning change gets affirmed or, or denied by them. We've been told that that will be sometime in March at this point in time. And so if your listeners are interested, they can certainly contact any of their Board of Supervisor representatives and they can certainly come to the public hearing that's going to happen at the Board of Supervisors if they're interested in speaking up. So that would be the best way for people to get involved if they're really passionate about this topic would be to yeah, write th- and call and show up. And I think written is probably more impactful and those would be included, I would assume, in the staff report related to this for the Board of Supervisors. I've seen a few letters to the editor. Some people are choosing that avenue. And certainly speaking at the Board of Supervisors would be another one. So don't divulge anything you're not supposed to, but at your special meeting, Commissioner Rupp wanted to have some negotiations with Mercer Fraser to see if you could reach some sort of accord before this went to the supervisors. Has there been any success that you can talk about on that front? Well, we did have a meeting with one of their representatives, Supervisor Sunberg set that up. And Sherry and I met with Mark Benzinger and and Supervisor Sunberg to go over a list of concerns that we had. And we prefaced that meeting by stating that our board was still opposed to the zoning change. But if the zoning change were to be approved, then as, as Sherry mentioned earlier, we talked about some engineering mitigations that that might be you know, acceptable to the district. So we went through that process with them and and uh, they responded to most of them. They avoided the EIR issue, which is really the biggest issue. And so we also asked for risk assessment as part of that EIR in order to look at levels of significance. You know, how can you say what is less than significant, which you would do in an EIR, right? 
And so we asked for that as well. And they took our, our comments and suggestions and they did make some adjustments to the operations plan, but they did not include the EIR as right, part of it. the risk assessment. That, that's, yeah, they didn't do that. That's the whole ball game as far as the NEC is concerned, is we want to see that risk assessment and then a full EIR. Mm-hmm. Is there any sign that that's going to happen? I, I can't answer that for them. They could decide tomorrow to do that. So I really don't know the answer to that. Right. Well, great. So where can people find out more information about the project? We have information on our website. It's www.hbmwd.com. That's the initials for Humboldt Bay Municipal Water District. On our homepage, you can look there for some information about the permit that was filed and the approval of that, some correspondence between us and the Planning Commission, a response by their attorney from Mercer Frazier, and then our appeal document is on there. And so that gives people the basic background. There's also an overview aerial map of the location so people can see this property relative to the, the intake infrastructure that we have on either side of the parcel. Kind of gives them a perspective, shows the river. Also, we have two parks across the river from this property, so... And since it's still not totally nailed down when the date will be that the Board of Supers will decide this, where is the best place for people to look up? Is it just at the Board of Supervisors' website, look at their agenda beforehand? Well, currently that's where we're going to find it. Okay. (laughs) Unless we get notified, and we hope that we will get notified and expect that we will, actually. But we'll post that as soon as we get it. We'll post it on our website as an update to that information. So they they can always go there. They can they can call our office and find out too. Again, not going to happen in February. Most likely, it'll be sometime in March. The Board of Supervisors meets every Tuesday, so it'd be one of the Tuesdays in March, most likely. Great. So everyone, stay tuned for when that meeting is. Right, and the NEC will send out an action alert yeah. and put it on our website as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everybody, stay tuned. Great. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, I'll just say thank you to all the people who've shown an interest. And like I said, you know, we we kind of operate under the radar most of the time when people turn on the tap and water, clean water comes out. It's all good, right? So I really appreciate everybody who has been supportive of our position. Yeah, great. Yeah, I would just like to thank the municipalities that have considered the issue and, and decided to join in either supporting our appeal or communicating to the Board of Supervisors their concerns on this issue. And so I'd like to thank them. Well, thank you both for being on the Econews Report today. Thanks for having us. This has been the Econews Report. My name is Annie Maher, and myself and the NEC's Executive Director, Larry Glass, have been your hosts for the past half hour. My guests today have been John Friedenbaugh and Sherry Wu of the Humble Bay Municipal Water District. You can find more information at their website at hbmwd.com. If you'd like to replay this interview or share it with others, you can go to the Econews page on the KHSU website at khsu.org, where these programs are archived after they air. Previous shows are posted on the North Coast Environmental Center's website at yournec.org. If you have any questions or comments about this program, please call KHSU's listener comment line at 826-6089. The Econews Report is produced for KHSU, located at Humboldt State University in cooperation with the North Coast Environmental Center. Many thanks to Fred McLaughlin for engineering. Join us for the next Econews Report.